Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. week Josh preached and uh, uh, we've been getting a lot of response from that uh, tremendous message on what the church really is it comes from Ecclesia I wrote the definition down it actually means uh, a legislative assembly or a people summoned to govern the affairs of the city I need you to get that in your mind and spirit because we're going to try to push you beyond that church or religion is about a Sunday morning service every morning or on Sunday mornings, amen, that God has actually called us to effect change, authorized us and empowered us. So we're going to take it to the next level today and Josh has been teaching on the family for months, maybe even over a year. Today we're going to try to take it in from just family to royal family. The royal family, meaning a family that rules, a family that reigns, a a family that exercises the dominion of our Heavenly Father. So open with me first to Galatians chapter number 4. I'm only going to read out of two places, but um, quite a few scriptures to lay a foundation for this. I really need you to get ready for this sermon, mentally, spiritually. Galatians 4 and 1. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child. Somebody say that with me. As long as he is a child, he is no different from a servant, though he be Lord of all. That is a profound revelation. Not he's going to be Lord of all. Somebody shout now. We've been preaching that for weeks. Right now. That heir is the Lord, the master over all the entire state, estate when he is born. The only thing stopping him from stepping into it is his dispositional mentality or perception. As long as he is a child, he never gets the privilege of exercising the dominion over that estate. Won't you just be seated? And we'll go through this. Are y'all just getting that one scripture? May I submit to you, I'm about to teach you something that I'm going to step out on a limb and say, the majority of born-again believers never get out of this stage. They never enjoy the privileges and the benefits of this great big inheritance. They never get the honor of executing the will of the Father Because we never get out of this childish state of Christianity. Let's go on. Verse 2. But he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children. Amen. Elbow your neighbor real good and tell him it's time to grow up. Come on, help me. Help me. If they act like they didn't receive it, gig them harder. You might want to do a toast on anything. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. A lot of our things we're hung up with is not because God won't answer our prayer. It's because we're so childish. Y'all better help me today or this thing going to go south. 
under bondage to the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that we may receive the, come on, adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of the son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, everybody read it out loud with me. Wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Turn with me now to Luke chapter number 2, verse number 41. It's talking about Jesus here in Luke 2, 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year. Every year. Every year. This wasn't nothing new to Jesus. Wasn't nothing new to the Jewish family. They had to come to Jerusalem every year. It was the law. It was the commandment of God. You got together in the city of God. Amen. That's like church. Uh, let me leave that alone. And verse 42. And when he was 12 years old. I want you to note that. Why was it important? If he come for every year, why did they finally say when he was 12 years old? It's important. And when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Been doing it every year for 12 years. All his life he knew he was going. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. They supposed him to have been in the company when a day's journey and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. They done traveled a full day of walking, not even, not even acknowledging Jesus wasn't with them. They just figured, oh, he's with some of our cousins and sound like my family. <laughs> he, he's probably with them. So, so they didn't think anything about it. And when they... 45, and when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, had to travel another day all the way back seeking for him. And it came to pass that after three days, can you imagine the frame of mind of these parents at this point? After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and questions. Twelve years old. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? He said, Behold, Thy father, or she said, Behold, your father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Read all that to read this one scripture. And Jesus said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? May I submit to you right here. Before we get into this sermon, most people will tell you the ministry of Jesus started when he was 33 years old. I beg to differ. 
Don't you know I have to be about my father's business? Business translates the concerns or the affairs. May I submit to you, the family business started when he was 12 years old. Are you with me? Now, my mission today is to bring some clarity to where some of you are right now, relationally, uh, with the Father, and positionally in the kingdom. I'm not going to preach to everybody in this building today. I'm aware of that, of that. But God has given me a mission to bring some clarity to some people, amen, where you are relationally with the Heavenly Father and positionally in the kingdom of God, as well as where corporately we are as Life Church. So whether this means anything to you or not, I need you to make a mental note of it because as the lead pastor, God has showed me that this is where we are in Life Church. And this is where some of you are as individuals. Some of you feel like your prayer life is changing. Can I get a witness right there? Anybody? Anybody? A lot of it's changing because of the doctrine that's being preached to you right now. And your doctrine, the doctrine is starting to change your perspective. So for some of you, you feel like your prayer life is changing to the point that you don't even know if you know how to pray anymore. Well, somebody just wave at me. I'm not the only one. I don't even know if I how, how to pray anymore. All you know is the way you've been praying just don't seem to be right. Or maybe a better way to put it, uh, the way you've been praying don't seem like it's enough. It really don't seem, there's just something about it. I know I ain't talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. There's just something about it that ain't feeling as comfortable as it used to feel. And so I'm struggling. Thank God there is at least one in here that's struggling. Amen. And, and you're actually feeling like there is something missing. There's more. There's something deeper. And you're beginning to question your methods. You're, you're beginning to question your, your, your motives. And might I add right here before I go any further, the fact that you're even conscious enough to examine and question the methods and motives of your prayer is a sign you're maturing as a believer. You need, you need to you make, make a mental note of that. Because the majority of people sitting in churches have such a low significance on prayer and position, they never even think about it. It's just prayer. It's just what Christians do every now and then. So the fact you've never even thought about it, or the fact that you never ever held it up, or or the fact, amen, uh, that you never even wondered about it is an indictment against us, and it should raise a red flag of of the value and the importance and the expectation that I have in prayer. Mm. Y'all going to go with me today? But, But back to the mission to bring clarity to this mysterious transition that you are in. Some of you, here it is. Some of you as individuals and life church corporately is actually experiencing a bar mitzvah. Now for some of you, you're going to remember this. I taught on this bar mitzvah not long ago, but we're going to make it clear. Amen. You are actually in the middle of a bar mitzvah. Now let me help you understand that. 
Bar mitzvah, of course, is a Hebrew word, two words, bar and mitzvah. The word bar actually translates son. You ever notice reading your Bible, it'll say bar Jonah. Uh, that actually translates the son of Jonah. So bar means son and mitzvah means commandment or law. So when you say bar mitzvah, it actually translates the son of the commandment. The son of the law. As a matter of fact, in, a, in the Hebrew word, the bar mitzvah is not just an event, it's the person. So you're not just having a bar mitzvah, you are a bar mitzvah. Meaning, you are a son of the commandment. Go with me, we're going to take time to lay a foundation. Because a bar mitzvah is a ceremony that's given to acknowledge a child leaving adolescence and becoming an adult. I'm going to say it again. The majority of born-again believers never have a bar mitzvah. They never leave childhood. And I'm going to show you how, why, and prove it to you. So the bar mitzvah is a ceremony given to acknowledge when a child is leaving adolescence and he is stepping into adulthood. And this happens when he is 12 and 13 years old. Somebody say 12. Jesus was 12 years old when he was sitting in the temple blowing the minds of doctors and lawyers and scribes. It's also known as the coming to age. The coming to age. It's when a child who was under, according to my text, it's, it, it's when a child who was under careful care of instructors and teachers that governed his every move actually becomes a, a bar mitzvah. He actually becomes a son of the commandment. Amen. In other words, he don't need them tutors anymore. He don't need that governor anymore, amen, telling him what to do and what not to do. Now, he, he goes from being a child, and if you can receive this in Hebrew thought, he goes from being a child to a son. He goes from being addressed as a child to a son of the commandment. Now, now don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Are you saying he's not a son because he becomes of age? I'm trying to give you Hebrew thought here to establish a point. It's not a change of uh, position. It's a change of status. Because when you're born again, you're a child of God. Amen? When you're born again, you're a child of God. Nothing else you can do for it or against it. You are a child of God. So a bar mitzvah is not a change of position because you're positionally a child of God, but is a change of status. And status has to do with standing or rank. Because the Bible says, as long as he is a child, he's no different than a servant, meaning he has no authority over the estate, even though he is the Lord of the estate. But the bar mitzvah, stay with me, don't get bored, but the bar mitzvah, the bar mitzvah uh, his status changes from child, servant, to son. From servant to son of the commandment. 
And when you understand this, you understand scriptures like Paul wrote when he said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a man, when I left that era and stepped into another era, I put away childish things. Amen. I put away childish things. When we get to a certain age, there's some things we used to do that was cute, ain't cute no more. Some of you wives ought to gig your husband right here. (laughs) Amen. Y'all seem to be a little slower in your maturation. So Paul said, my position didn't change. I'm still a son. But my status changed from being called a child, I mean, still a child, from a child to be called a son. Not just son, but a bar mitzvah. You're called a bar mitzvah, meaning you are called a son of the commandment. Meaning you are no longer a child because you no longer need tutors. You are no longer a child because you no longer need govern, governors instructing you in what is right and wrong. This is acceptable. This is not acceptable. You no longer need someone else to be your conscience restraining your childish impulses. God help me teach this this morning. Amen. Now we've so built around this that we've come up with accountability partners. That's governors and tutors. And we're so okay with our current position, amen, that I need you to be my accountability partner, amen, to remind me I shouldn't be talking like that. I shouldn't be acting like that. I shouldn't be responding like that. Is anybody in this building with me? Amen. And as a result, the church is still in its childish stage Because we have not had our bar mitzvah. Our our becoming a son. A becoming a son. Oh my Lord, that reminds me of a scripture. Amen. Nathan, you quoted to me the other day. It says, to many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Amen. Now you got to receive this in context. Are you telling me I'm not a son? I done told you. Positionally, you are a child of God. If you've been born again, you are a child of God. But many children never move to their bar mitzvah to where they become sons of the commandment. And therefore, I always need somebody telling me, instructing me. I need a governor around me saying, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say that. Amen. Oh, my God, thank you. I need some help over here on this side. Amen. And we're okay with it. Amen. But the problem is the goal of the Father from the beginning was to mature you from being a child to a son so he could take his kingdom and put it in your hands. But we're still in the asking stage all the time. We're still in the asking stage all the time. Would you do this for me? Would you do this? God, would you do this? Childish, childish, childish. I'm not knocking this stage because everybody's got to come through it. Amen. I got to get permission. A servant has to get permission. But God said, my goal is to put apostles, pastors, preachers, teachers over you for the maturing of the saints to where you don't have to run around asking. You start declaring what the Father says over his kingdom. 
Oh, is anybody hearing me this morning? High five your neighbor and tell them, grow up. It's time for your bar mitzvah. I'm telling you, some of you are going through it right now and you don't even know how to embrace it because you don't understand what's going on. Amen. You are no longer, you're moving into a place to where you don't need someone else to be your conscience. I have my own conscience and it's the conscience of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I ain't got to call you and ask you if I can or can't. I have a conscience that has been matured. My God. Can we go deeper? You are now a son of the commandment. You are a bar mitzvah. I thought it's kind of funny. If you're a daughter, you're a bat mitzvah. I thought, well, that's appropriate. Huh? Help me. You ever heard that crazy as a bat? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to do that. Uh, Amen. But nevertheless, every son has got to have a bar mitzvah or become a bar mitzvah. Every child, female child, has to have a bat mitzvah, amen, to where we become sons and daughters of the commandment. So in other words, to be the son of something or the child of something, catch this right here, means you are a product of. When you say you are a bar mitzvah, it means you are a product of the word. Catch this right here. You are the offspring of the commandment. You are the offspring of the word. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and look, in the Hebrew culture, even today, at a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, I know at the bar mitzvah, they have phylacteries. A phylactery, a phylact, some of you have been to Israel, some of you may have even seen these things. A phylactery is a small leather box. And it has leather on it. And they take, and inside the box is the Torah. It's scripture. It's the word. And at their bar mitzvah, they tie one around their head. Got this box right here on their head. And in it is the word. They take the other one and they put it around their left arm right here. And the leather wraps all the way down to their finger. And it wraps around their finger. And what that represents is now that they have come to a level of responsibility and maturity, their thoughts are being controlled by the Word of God and their actions are now controlled by the Word of God. They are now a product of what they believe. Not just in, oh my God, not just in their mind, amen, because a lot of you believe things you don't do. I knew I was going to get that look right there. Amen. A lot of you believe better than you live. That'd be a good place right there. Just shout amen and nobody know it's you. You ought to be shouting me down right now. Amen. So they had one on their mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and then the other ones right here because it was close to the heart that I'm not a, if you're a product of the word, it's not something you know, it's something, it's, a, it's who you are. And what I know is now reflected in what I do. Are you following me? 
Amen. When this begins to happen to you, amen, then you, amen, then you are becoming a son of the commandment. Not just some child who someone has got to take the commandment and try to keep you in the right direction. And as long as you're in this phase, you, have no, you, you, you don't have the power. You don't have the authority to run the estate because someone's got to run you. Are y'all still okay? And at this point, oh, you got to get this. 12 and 13 years old. At this point, the, at, at this age, the Jewish boy can now operate in a minion. That's not one of them yellow things. Or is that emoji? No, that's a minion on it. <laughs> Seen that with my grandbabies. It's not that minion. I, can't, I laugh when I think of a minion, don't y'all? They are so funny. Back to the word. So when you become a son of the commandment, you now get to join the minion. The minion is actually a, a quorum of ten people. And what it is, it's the number of officers or members of the body when duly assembled is legally competent to transact business. It's a quorum. You are now old enough, and now because the word is in your mind, and now because the word is covering your actions, now you're ready to step out of your adolescent lifestyle into adulthood. And as soon as you step into adulthood, you are now a part of a quorum that has joined together to transact business. Okay? Stay with me. You are now ready to take the family business and begin to expand it. That's where we are, Life Church. That's what we're about to step into. That's what some of you in this congregation are dealing with right now. Amen. But when you step into this arena, your prayer changes. Your prayer changes because you're, never, you're no longer in the childish mode of having to say, give me, give me, give me. You're no longer in the childish mode of ask, ask, ask. You are now sitting in the council. And you now know the will of God because it's in your mind. You're living the will of God, amen, according to God's perfect will. So now you've been given authority to start transacting the business of the kingdom. Hence, we have Jesus. He's sitting in the temple. Amen. He's been sitting there. He's been going there. He's been in conversation for three days. And they are amazed. And when his parents come and ask him, what are you thinking? We've been worried to death. He was astonished. He was astonished that they were worried and said, Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Don't you know I've stepped out of childhood and I've stepped into a level of maturation. We've been coming here for 12 years, but today is my bar mitzvah. Today is when I sit in council and I begin to declare the word of God and I begin to declare the will of God. Are y'all listening to me? Today I start instructing instead of being instructed. 
My God, I ain't preaching to everybody, but I know I'm preaching to somebody in this place. Amen. Now I go into the will of presence of God. I find the will of God and I step out of the will of God and I start declaring the will of God. So now that I know I don't ask God to do anything, I join forces with his will and start declaring it to be done. That's why your prayer life is changing from all this asking into a level of declaring. You're right in the middle of a bar mitzvah. My God, no wonder. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When you become a bar mitzvah, when you become a son of the commandment, it's no longer what you've been taught. It's no longer what you heard. It becomes who you are. Somebody got to get a hold of that. When it becomes who you are, then you are ready. I said, when it becomes who you are, then you are ready to step into an arena to where you start advancing the estate of God. The kingdom of God. But you have no authority just by knowing it. What gives the flesh authority to manifest the supernatural is when the flesh is governed by the word of God. Oh, that's big right there. You better catch it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh. Amen. Flesh becomes powerful when it's governed by the word. Oh, somebody better write that down. Amen. Uh, all we want to talk about is killing the flesh and crucifying the flesh. And your will does have to be crucified. Amen. And it is crucified when you got the word in your mind. It's in your heart and it's affecting everything that you do. Then you have become the word. Or let me put it this way. The word has become the flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of God. Flesh submitted to the Word will always reflect the glory of our God. My God, let me try this side over here. Amen. I said flesh, mature flesh that is submitted to the Word will always reflect the glory of the God who spoke the Word. My God, but we, we stay in the childish. And we're always fighting childish impulses. Amen. Would you please pray for me? I didn't mean it, but I cussed them out. I just gave them a cussing. Would you pray for me? Don't worry about it. We understand. I just did that last week. It's okay. He's a good father. And he is a good father. But the father's up there saying, I need you to grow up because this ain't all about you. I got a family business that I'm trying to expand. I got, I got, I got a kingdom that I'm trying to expand. And I can't build a kingdom on children. I build the kingdom on sons. And oh, God Almighty. And when you become a son, you'll take my will and go up to the demonic and not pray for me to cast the demon out. You'll look at a demonic and say, I command you in the name of Jesus. Come out of him right now. Is anybody listening to me? We need a bar mitzvah. Enough is enough. It's time to quit pooping your diapers. I don't know how else to put it. 
It's time to throw your sassies away. Amen. It's, it's time for you to come out from under governors and tutors and get into the quorum. Get into the ecclesia. Get into the governing body. My God, help me this morning to start declaring some things that your father is saying. My God, Jesus said... My God, somebody got to get this word. It's been killing me all week. Amen. Jesus said in John 5, Jesus told him, said, my father worked up until now, but now I work. My God, you see the, you see the succession? The father, Jesus stood up and said, y'all can call it blasphemy all, I want, all you want because I said I was a son of God. Amen. He said, but the father has worked hitherto, but now I'm at work. In other words, he brought in a son who was the word and is the word. It's who I am. It's what I am. It's not the Bible I carry. It's the life I live. My God, can somebody get a hold of this word? Amen. No matter how deep you cut me, I'll bleed the word. No matter how bad you persecute me, I'll produce the word. No. My God, and we got childish people sitting on pews fighting little addictions of trying to get rid of this and trying to get rid of that. Children. Children, I didn't say you wouldn't say. You still got your position, I guess. I shouldn't have said that, Dad. I guess. But, but, but I ain't doing my father no good because he's all about taking care of me. Huh? <laughs> Got his little diaper bag. Ain't God good like that? He carries a diaper bag. Why? Because he knows you're going to mess up. I got some wipes for you. No, I mean, not just you. Let me use him. Are y'all following me? Uh, I preach in conferences every year, uh, which I'll be leaving next month for several of those. And, and, uh, and y'all been making fun of me because of my bag. And I hadn't told any of y'all what's in this bag. But it's really not a book bag. It's a diaper bag. All pastors have to have one. Because you're probably going to twist off any minute and puke on somebody. This is just too good. It's, you're going to puke on somebody, and I got to hold on. I got you. Uh, hey, listen to me. Ain't you glad that even in your childish state, God will carry a diaper bag? You know what that's saying? He knows you're going to mess up. He knows you're going to blow it. So he's ready for you. Amen. Whether you puke, he, he's as gifted as a mama. I've seen mamas catch puke in one hand and hold a buggy with the other. Y'all ever seen that? Hey, man, this don't change your, pos your position, but God's trying to change your stature. He's trying to change your status to bring you to a place where you graduate out of the puking on people. Hey, man, when you don't like what they're doing. Hey, man, and falling into things. Hey, man, we got people sitting here and you have mistaken your age of Christianity as maturity. Been saved 10, 15, 20 years is still a walking time bomb. <laughs> Who's laughing at me? That sounds like a Kamal laugh. Still don't know. Still don't know. And don't realize all times God said, I'm just trying to get you to a bar mitzvah. I'm trying to get you to become the Bible you carry. Amen. You got way more knowledge than you got heart. 
Amen. Are you listening to me? And therefore, there's never a bar mitzvah. Amen. I appointed a time for you to grow up. He gives you time to be childish. Are you okay this morning? He's going to give you your time to be a child. But every now and then, you're going to come to the point, Lindsay, where you look over at Bobby and say, Bobby, I'm so glad you're sitting right here. You're helping me today. It is time for you to grow up. That's what Holy Spirit's saying to Life Church right now. And, and really, this is corporately. This ain't just for individuals. Amen. Corporately, Life Church is growing into a position week after week after week. It's been coming out of this pulpit. Doctrine has been established. Are you listening to me? Amen. Are you, are you in the kingdom as a child? Absolutely. But you can't run the kingdom until you become an adult. And that was the whole goal of the Father. Jesus said, the Father has worked up until now, but he's handed me the baton. Now listen, I got to get to this place. Go with me. He's handed me the baton. Now I am the succession of the work of the Father. He has done his thing. His work is finished, right? But now, amen, I am the Word made flesh. I got the Word in my heart, in my mind, in my heart. It affects how I think and see, and it affects everything I do. He said, now, he said, verily, verily, John 5, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father doing, he does the same thing. Now, if you're not careful, you'll misunderstand that scripture. Are y'all still with me? The son can do nothing of himself. You might think he was saying, I don't have the power without the father. Jesus inerrantly had power. He wasn't saying, I don't have the power Outside the Father. He was literally saying, when he said, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, he was saying, I don't have an opinion. I can't make decisions on my own. Because I have the mind of my Father, and I have the heart of my Father, so everything I do has to be a reflection of my Father. This is a bar mitzvah. When you get to this place, you realize I no longer have a right to an opinion because I have sold my will to the Father. Oh my God, I just can't tell it like I feel it. Are y'all getting it? Amen. I can't just act any way I want to act. I can't do anything of myself because I am carrying on the family business and I think like him and I act like him and I speak like him and as a result, you get to behold the glory of my God. Amen. Amen. The reason the people that we're living around can't see the Father is because we're so childish. They see us throwing our little temper tantrums and going through our little phases. It's all about me. Jesus said, I cannot do anything of myself but what I see the Father doing for whatsoever he does. He said, these, these things doth the Son likewise. In other words, amen, I just act like he does. I'm a chip off the old block. I have his nature. I have his character. Somebody shout bar mitzvah. I have his nature. I have his character because I stepped out of my childishness into the maturation of my Father. And we behold the glory of our God. Oh my God, I can't get over that. Because you finally stepped into your maturity.
Let me give you a few more. I got one that's going to blow your mind. For the Father loves the Son and show Him all things that He's done and He's going to show Him greater works that's going to blow your mind. King James says that you're going to marvel. He said, we are such in a relationship now and I'm so carrying on the Father's business that He shows me the work that's already been accomplished and then I just go out there and execute the kingdom I'm no longer having to lay hands on the sick, asking the Father. I don't know the Father. I don't know the Father's will. And I have been authorized because I'm walking out the will to execute the will. This changes everything. It changes everything. It's changing my life. I never pray anymore, Father, give me strength. Why would I pray something? That's my inheritance. I now stand and declare I know the will of God. And I declare that I am strong. And anything that's trying to steal my strength, I rebuke it in the name. Is anybody catching this? I don't have to ask for peace of mind because it is given to me of my Father. I speak it and now I've stepped into a whole new level of prayer. It's no longer manipulating, amen, a stingy God who will not give me my stuff. It is I'm a son. I'm no longer a servant, but I'm a son. And I've so received the spirit of adoption that it's got me saying Abba. Do you all even understand that? That's not a term. When I say Abba, it says I am a subject. I don't like that word, but I want it to get in your spirit. I am a son. So if I'm a son, that means I hold him allegiance as my origin, as my strength, as my... You can't call him father if you're not subject to his rule. This is how I know I'm a son now. Oh my God. Is this too much? Are y'all with me? Because the spirit, I've received the spirit of adoption and something in me just calls out submission. It just calls out, I'm subject to you. It gives honor where honor is due. And now I, like Jesus, say, I cannot do anything of myself. Why? Because I so have the heart of my Father. I know what His will is. And I don't need you telling me. Why? Because I was in the mountain. Jesus was in the mountain. Your Bible says laying in the bosom of the Father, meaning he had God's heart in his ear so that when he come out of the mountain, he walked through the city exercising the will of the Father. Didn't have to stop and wonder, God, are you, you, is this your will? I know his will because I spend time with him. Will you stay with me? Let me go a little bit further. Listen to this. Nisha, will you help me? I didn't give you this, but, but uh, would you put John 5, 21 and 22? My God, this is some good teaching I want Life Church to have. 21 and 22, look at this. Jesus said, For as the Father raised up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whomever He will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to who? Huh? What are you? Wait a minute. The Father judgeth no man, but have committed the judgment to his sons. 
Now, you got a religious mindset, and you think judgment's a bad thing, but it actually means justice. So in other words, he said, I left that justice to my children, my sons. I empowered them to execute justice in these situations. So in essence, God said, because of your bad doctrine, you're praying for God to execute justice. When if you have had your bar mitzvah, you've been empowered and it's been committed to you to bring justice. Are y'all receiving that? Let me give you, I like to have two or three scriptures to back that up. Look at uh, John 5 and 27 now. Jump down to 27. Look at this. Come on, it's just good teaching. And Jesus said, and God has given him, talking about the son, authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. In other words, God so set it up. When Adam was created, he said, I'm giving you dominion over the work of my hands. Are you following me? God said, I am relinquishing dominion of that world to a man. My God, can y'all receive this? I am relinquishing the authority and the dominion to a man. And then he proved it when he brought all the animals to Adam and said, okay, Adam, you're my partner now. What are you going to call them? Whatever you name them, that's what it's going to be. Can I tell you, you've been authorized by God to name some situations, to identify some circumstances, uh, and you don't even realize it. That's when you call it depressed, it is depressed. When you call it defeated, it is defeated. Jesus, he said, Jesus said, he gave me the authority because I'm qualified because I'm human. And it wouldn't be fair for such a spiritual God to try to judge such frail man so I become a man that judgment may flow through me and then it's fair. My God, somebody get a hold of this. Then it's fair. That's why it says we have not a great high priest who can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was tempted just like we were. Well, can I tell you something? Are y'all catching this? God said, you're down there because you don't understand your doctrine's not right and you're asking me to do something that I've authorized my church to do. Josh said a church is an ecclesia. It's a summons body together together to govern the affairs. God said, what do you think I put that church there for? Here you are fussing about the condition of your community. Sucking your thumb, amen, and wondering why your community is in the condition it is. And his reason is because you still sucking your thumb and you need governors and tutors to make sure you don't flip out. Well, I don't blame y'all. I wouldn't shout. I wouldn't say amen because the more you say, maybe I'll shut up. No, Life Church is having her bar mitzvah. Amen. And I thank you for your love and support, but you're coming to a place to where you are a man of God and you are a woman of God. Amen. And you're not struggling with fleshly impulses all the time anymore. Amen. Are you following me? Because you have the perfect mind and the heart and the will of God. Wow. He said, I can't do nothing myself. As I hear, I judge. Give me five and thirty. I'm going to try to wrap this up with this really, just this, this powerful scripture. 
Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. I can't judge this situation. I can't judge you if I hadn't heard. Well, that would solve a lot of problems in life, church, if you wouldn't judge somebody until you heard God speak. Jesus said, it's not my judgment. I ain't giving no judgment but what I hear. And my judgment is just because I'm not seeking my own will. That ought to be taught in Sunday school. Amen. A lot of us are judging other people based on our own will. That's called religion. It's bondage. But Jesus said, I can't do any of that on my own. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is pure and just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So he said, I'm just out here. I got the baton now. I'm just exercising. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm advancing the kingdom of God. I'm healing the sick, raising the dead, destroying the works of the devil because that's what I was sent for God to do. I am walking in my bar mitzvah. And then I want to leave you with this scripture. Give me John 20, 21 through 23. Then said Jesus to his disciples, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me. Huh? Even so send I you. The Father passed the baton to me. Now I'm passing it to you. Now you go and you execute the justice of God. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now this is a scripture that the church chokes over because they do not understand it. I want you to look at the authority that was given the church. Whoever sins you remit, they are remitted. And whoever sins you retain, they are retained. Commentators struggle with it. Churches struggle with it because you know as well as I do, no man has the right to not forgive sins. No man has the right to forgive sins. But what Jesus is showing you is this is the power and authority you have over the kingdom. That the very gospel you preach will bring a man to the privilege of repentance or the very gospel you preach will condemn them to hell if they refuse repentance. He said, that's the authority I'm putting in your hands. Why? Because you are a representative of God. Josh preached it last week. I got to quit. I was going to go into some of his stuff. Amen. I just love stealing stuff from other preachers. That's why Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And unto you I will give you the keys. I will give you the mastery. The heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he be Lord of all. But when you have your bar mitzvah, he said, I'll give you the authority to start executing my kingdom. And if you bind it, it's going to be bound because you're binding it according to the will of God. If you loose it, it's going to be loosed because you're loosening it according to the will of the Father. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.